message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokea Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available 709-1000. Um, this is a very important passage uh, for us today in the church. In these days, we really need to take heed. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And this is so important today. Know this today with all that's going on in the pandemic around the world. Sorry, Brother Phil. <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is demonic forces. Globally, controlling governments. It's not the people in the government. It's the things behind it. So what do we do? Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore with having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Thank the Lord for the truth of his word. Let's pray, and then Brother Phil will bring us today's message. Father, we are grateful to be able to worship you in freedom in this nation and many places around the world. But we realize that we need the heart of a soldier, a warrior. And God, today, I pray as Brother Phil brings the message, I ask you, Lord, to work in our hearts that we would not fight against the brethren and not fight against people. But God, that we would put on the whole armor of God and that you would use this message today to strengthen us in your service for the victory that is in Christ. Lord, bless the message. Bless my brother as he preaches in Jesus' name. Amen. I realize we didn't do a sound check this morning. Are we okay? Sure we are. Just want to say thank you really quickly to a few people. <coughs> brother Eric, for their continued encouragement uh, as I prepared through the week and as we pray together that God would be shown through this. I want to thank the musicians and the people that get together to, to prepare the music. Uh, it's a bit odd singing and doing music for an audience when you cannot see the audience. So a big thank you to those guys and for all the people that, that keep coming despite the fact that we're restricted in numbers. I appreciate having you here. Uh, so thank you for that. And for those of you who are at home, who tune in at home and watch these videos at home and then say comments, thank you for that. It is good for us to hear from you uh, and we appreciate that. 
If you've got your Bibles there, go ahead and turn to Ephesians 6, where we just were, and put a, put a bookmark there, and we'll be then across to 1 Peter chapter 2 again. While we do that, I spent about half an hour looking at that topic, and I realized that I had my topics in the wrong order. So I spent some time in prayer, and I said, God, I, I don't want this to be about me looking for the easy road. We should wrestle the text. We should struggle to get the right thing because that is our flesh contending for what God would have. So I spent some time in prayer and I prayed, God, if, if, if this is where I'm meant to go, please give me the peace that I should be studying, that I should be developing the topic of having the heart of a warrior and that I should look at this ambassador topic later on. After about half an hour, I felt that, yeah, I had it in the wrong order. I was looking at it the wrong way around. So this morning, I know you guys were excited and you were prepared for having the heart of an ambassador, but we're going to look at have the heart of a warrior. So let's pray together and let's dig into this. Gracious Heavenly Father, As I studied this topic, I realized how inadequate I am, any of us are, to discuss this topic. Father, you are holy. You are pure. And we struggle in sin, and yet... The victory is already there. So, Father, I pray this morning that as we look at this, we would realize, we would grab hold of, latch on to the fact that we have victory in Christ, but that we must stand and fight. We cannot be placid. We cannot just lay down and hope. Father, we must stand and fight. Father, I pray this morning that you would put me aside and that the Holy Spirit would work through this and in all of our hearts and that there would be change. Father, you are good. We love you. In your name, amen. <coughs> it's on. And I can hear myself. Okay, I'm on the mic. The first role that I had when I started my career as a soldier, and, and for the first few years as a soldier, was as a paratrooper. At its core, the role of a paratrooper is to parachute behind enemy lines and to secure key terrain so that other soldiers can come in in greater number with greater weaponry and with greater technology to expand on the land, on the ground, on the terrain that the paratroopers have already taken. And as a paratrooper, you have to carry everything onto that aircraft that you could possibly need to win the fight. 
as you sit on that airplane, it's hot. It's uncomfortable. You're weighed down with the burden of the equipment that you carry, your ammunition, your weapons, your night vision equipment. The people around you are are reacting in different ways. Some people sleep. Some people throw up. Some people are trying to read a book. Other people are doing different things. Everybody reacts in different ways. Eventually, you're given the signal that you are getting close to the drop zone. And you're told to stand up and hook on. The air is turbulent as the pilot attempts to get the plane down to an altitude that you can drop from, about 1,000 foot. You stand tightly packed together with the full weight of your parachute, your reserve parachute, and all of your equipment hanging off your waist and off your shoulder. All in, it weighs between 50 and 60 kilos, 130 pounds, in addition to your body weight. The the plane continues to, to buffet and buck around the sky, and your limbs are screaming at you, do something about this, I am not meant to carry this load. You brace against the movement of the aircraft and against the weight hanging off your body. Finally, the signal comes. The red light at the back of the aircraft goes from this brilliant, piercing red to green. And one by one, each paratrooper makes his way out of the aircraft. Suddenly, that weight is gone. You hang suspended beneath the canopy and you release your pack full of equipment down below you and it hangs on a tether some 10 meters below your body. It's silent. Apart from the gentle flutter of the wind moving through your parachute. For a few moments, it's peaceful. The earth gradually and then very quickly rises up to meet you. Suddenly you're confronted with reality once again. Quickly, the sounds of the fluttering canopy above you are drowned out by the sounds of battle, and then even more suddenly by the sound of thump as you hit the ground. You case your parachute, you check your equipment. The calm, the weightlessness, the silence are now gone. Around you, is battle. As a soldier, you prepare to face what lay before you. As a warrior, fully equipped for battle. So often, as young believers, we feel like our new life in Christ feels a little bit like that. We were living under the excruciating weight of sin with no perceivable way to unburden ourselves. And then we see the light, 
the light of the glorious salvation. We take that step of faith and we find peace. Soon enough, that peace is shattered by the war against our souls. That peace is shattered by the lust of our flesh as it screams out and demands for control once again. What we didn't realize before salvation, what we struggled to come to grips with even after our salvation, is that the war for your heart and for your mind just intensified. But the difference now that you are saved, now that you are a child of God, now that you are a citizen of heaven, the difference is now, now you are no longer a slave to sin. Sin does not have command. You can have victory over sin in your life. Come with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11 once again. We looked at this last week about the fact that we are foreigners. And now let's look at the heart of a warrior. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Remember, Peter is writing to believers here. And when we look at the original wording, there is this strong understanding that there is a well-coordinated, deliberate war for your heart and your mind. For your allegiance. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are a citizen of heaven. Yes, you are a foreigner. No, you cannot lose your salvation. But if the enemy can stop you from engaging in the war, stop you from doing your uttermost to protect your heart and your mind, if the enemy can convince you that complacence is okay, that sin is not really that big a deal. That it's natural. If the enemy can convince you of that, then think for a moment that the impact of that thinking, of where it leads to, Think for a moment how that will impact your ability as a child of God to glorify God in your very existence. Think for a moment how that will impact on the people around you that are not saved, who do not have life, who are not citizens of God's kingdom, who are not even on the same side of the war as you are. How will they ever see Christ if you do not stand and 
and fight? How will they ever be made new if your testimony is shot to pieces? Friends, stand and fight. Stand and fight. Have a look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter describes this still further. He says, be sober. Be vigilant. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9. We often don't quote this verse. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Resist the enemy steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Have a look at how Paul charges Timothy in this very same manner. 1 Timothy 1.18. He says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, According to the prophecies which were before on thee, and thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. I remember as a child... In Sunday school as a kid and even in church, we used to sing that hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers. Anybody remember that one? Onward Christian Soldiers. I'm not going to sing it now. Marching as to war. Yeah. In my mind, as we sang that song, my mind conjured up these images of massive groups of Christian soldiers marching through cities and attacking Anything and anyone that was opposed to the gospel. As a child, my thinking was wrong. In the same way that so many believers' thinking is wrong. This isn't a battle against the denomination next door. This isn't a battle against governments who are putting down rules that we don't understand. This isn't a battle about my rights. This is a war waged in your heart and in your mind. Often I think we turn it into a battle on the outside against the visible because we are unwilling to dress, address what is wrong on the inside. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, Papa John just read this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about my neighbor that offended me. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Friends, fellow citizens, adopted child of God, 
There is a war and you must fight. Have the heart of a warrior. So where do we start? Where do we start when we're talking about having the heart of a warrior? The first thing I want you to see is that to have a heart of a warrior, we must be honest about our own weaknesses and we must be single-minded. We must be honest about our own weaknesses and we must be single-minded. Now let's be honest with each other. That's not always easy. It's not easy to be honest with yourself. It's not easy to be honest with people around you. It's not easy to address the wrong in your life. It's not easy to address the sin in our lives. It's not easy to be open and transparent. The reality is that I am a carefully crafted character that is, has perfectly designed itself to protect myself. I've spent years perfecting how to hide my flaws. I've spent years perfecting how to hide my weaknesses and my perceived imperfections. All those weaknesses, all those imperfections, all those flaws, those sins that I am not willing to address will entangle me if I do not deal with them. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4 says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. A good soldier continually reviews his weaknesses and is honest about them. A good soldier continually addresses his fault he knows what is needed and what and is purposeful in his pursuit of growth. A good soldier also knows that his weaknesses don't just impact him. They don't just impact his ability to fight. They also impact the people that are around him. When I choose to sin, you are impacted. My family is impacted. The people that I work with are impacted. Our sin is never in isolation. There is always a ripple effect. There is always a consequence for the sin that we choose to do. A good soldier realizes that unless he is honest about his weaknesses, his shortfalls, the sin that he struggles with. He must turn them over to Christ. And if we don't, we will not succeed in conquering sin. Being honest about those weaknesses means that, one, I am honest with it about about it to God. God knows it already, but I need to go to God. I need to confess my sin because he is faithful and just to forgive me. 
But I also need to be honest with those who are close to me, the people that are supporting me, the people that hold me accountable. Same power that saved me from the destruction of my sin now works in me to fight sin. But unless I am honest about it, I can't access that. Ephesians 6 verse 10, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His mind. You will not be able to fight it on your own. You will not be able to fight it on your own. Your pride's going to tell you, I can do this. I can, I can get on top of this. Your, your selfishness is going to tell you, yeah, you just do it yourself because it's going to be less embarrassing. But you will not conquer it on your own. I don't fight in my strength, in my defenses, but in Christ's. As a good soldier, knowing that I have weaknesses, knowing that I have struggles with sin, I must be single-minded. My focus must be on Jesus. James 1.8 says, A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Our sin impacts everything. Everything. As one who recognizes that I will fail without Christ, I must realize that I have to be single-minded. I must not give sin place in my life. Romans 6 verse 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Don't Give sin a place. Don't give it the power to reign again. But instead be single-minded. Focus on Jesus. Galatians 5, 16 through 17. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they are contrary one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Walk in the spirit. Believer, walk in the spirit. Be honest about your weaknesses. Set your focus on Christ. Let's look at the second one here. If I'm going to have a heart of a soldier, I must be properly equipped for battle. I must stand and fight, and I have to have the mind of Christ. The very same gospel that brings peace with God also declares war on sin. The very same gospel that brings peace with God declares war on on sin. You cannot have one without the other. But equally as important is that the, the same spirit which drew me, which drew you to God, also provides us with the armor of God. 
Yes, there is a war for your heart and mind. Yes, you must engage in the fight. But God has provided everything that you need to win in that fight. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to, st- to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Let me come back to the example I started with about being a paratrooper. You know, for a soldier, carrying all that weight is hard work. It's exhausting. It's physically taxing, and it's mentally taxing. Soldiers are always doing everything they can to shed weight. If I don't have to carry it, I'm not going to carry it. We used to have a saying, travel light, freeze at night. Yeah? Because I would rather be cold at night than carry all that weight on my back. As a young soldier, we would do everything from cutting our toothbrushes. Now think about this for a minute. How heavy is a toothbrush? (laughs) Not really heavy, but we would take our full-size toothbrush and we would cut it down so there was just enough to hold on to it and you got just enough there to brush your teeth. You can't even get it to your back teeth. But it cut down weight. We'd take the rations that were issued to us by the army and you'd strip everything out of it that was not absolutely essential to keeping you alive because it was heavy. But we never, never got rid of the stuff that was essential for fighting the war. The paratrooper is issued with everything that he needs to protect himself and to win the fight. It would be a foolish soldier who would choose to not take all that equipment into battle. But so often, that is exactly what we do as believers. We neglect the very things, the very instruments that God has provided us to fight sin. Put on the whole armor of God. But it doesn't just stop at putting the armor on. It doesn't just stop there. A soldier doesn't go and put his armor on, put his helmet on, put his body armor on, put his bullets into his pouches. He doesn't put all of that on so that he can then just go and crawl back into bed and go to sleep. I've done it. It's really uncomfortable. A soldier puts his armor on because he is going to fight in the battle. Ephesians six thirteen and 14. Wherefore, take... Unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in that evil day, having done all to stand. Next verse, 
Stand therefore. Put it on and then go and fight. Often when we as soldiers were preparing to deploy, people would understand that we were doing that and they would come and apologize and they would come and they'd feel sorry for us. And they'd say things like, you know, I'm just so sorry. This must be so hard that you have to go through this. They'd say things like, oh, that's terrible. Somebody should go and do something about this. We are. That's what we're doing. You know, at the heart of every good soldier, there is a desire to fight. There is a desire to go into battle. There is a desire to wage war against the thing that threatens what we hold dear to. stand for. It's a privilege to go into battle for my country. It's a privilege to go into battle for the people that I love, for the things that I stand for. You know, as believers who are no longer slaves to sin, who are children of the Almighty God, in you, there is a God-given desire to fight sin. It's given to you by God to fight sin. Just as there is a desire to glorify God, there's a desire to fight anything within us that does not glorify But the sad truth is that for so many of us, and I include myself in this, for so many of us, we've been surrendering to sin for so long that the desire to stand and fight is no longer the loudest voice in our heads. We often allow the voices of our flesh the voices of our past, the voices of our pride, the voices of our fears, our self-pity, our sin nature to control the volume. Believer who is struggling in sin this morning, can I, can I implore you today, can I beg you today, don't give in. Stand and fight. Stand and fight. Instead, the, the cry of our heart, instead of giving in to my sin, the cry of my heart should be as the psalmist cried in Psalm 51 verse 10. He says, God created me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Stand and fight. Romans 6.13. read this last week. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Don't surrender your mind to sin. 
Put on the armor. Arm yourself with the mind of Christ. You know, in a, a real army, if you were talking about humans in armies here, if you were to surrender your mind to the enemy, we call that something else. What do we call that? Treason. But, but as Christians, we just call that slipping or backsliding. It's treason. I just gave my mind and my body back to the enemy. Back to death. Don't surrender your mind to sin. Put on the armor and arm yourself with the mind of Christ. 1 Peter 4 verse 1. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. Arm yourself with the mind of Christ. Put on the full armor of God. It is there for you. What does that mean practically? We're not going out and buying shiny armor in the shops that's got a, a nice red cross on it and, and putting that on and hoping that's going to do the trick. No, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. It means starting your day off right. It means going into each day knowing that there will be battles. That I do have things that I struggle with, that I am tempted with. It means preparing myself by spending time in the Word of God and spending time in prayer before a holy God. Pleading with Him, God have mercy on me. God, I don't want to fall in sin. Give me wisdom. Give me strength to fight that. More than anyone else, you know what you struggle with. Commit it to God in prayer. Surround yourself with people who will fight alongside you. All for the last couple of weeks, Papa John and Brother Eric constantly texting me, bro, we're praying for you, we're praying for you, we're praying for you. I remember when I went to Afghanistan on the second trip, I can't remember, a man in our church came up to me and he said, hey, Phil, I told you last time I was going to pray for you when you went to Afghanistan, but, but to be honest with you, I didn't do it. And I sort of looked at him and I went, oh, yeah, okay, that's, a lot of people say that, I'll pray for you. You know, it's like this Christian goodbye. And he said, but, but this time when you go away, I am committed to doing this. And I wanted to come to you and I wanted to be honest about this because I, I'm committed to doing this with you. A couple of weeks later, he came back to me and he said, bro, this is how serious it is. I've got another five guys with me that are also going to pray for you when we go to, you go to Afghanistan. And we're going to rotate through that. Before I left for Afghanistan, most of the men in our church in Australia had picked a night of the week when they would pray specifically for me in Afghanistan. It was overwhelming. Every single day I knew that there was a man fasting and praying for me. 
Surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up, that are going to build you up in the Word of God, that are going to pray for you, that are going to strengthen you, not that are going to pull you back. 2010, the same year that those men were praying for me, while I was in Afghanistan, we had returned from a patrol back into our base. We were hot and dusty, covered in sweat and grime and who knows what else. We got back to our accommodation, we took off our body armor, we put our weapons away, we, we had showers, we had a quick feed, and we went to bed for the night. Unbeknownst to us, there were things happening in the background. The enemy was prowling. In our minds, we were safe. We were confident inside the protective walls of our base. That night around midnight, the Taliban launched a rocket attack against us. They'd been observing the base for the last few weeks, and they knew exactly where the accommodation was, right smack dab in the middle of the base. While we were sleeping in our beds, rockets began to fall on our base. The second rocket launched, it was from some 11 kilometers away. It arched up through the sky and ended up landing with an unimaginable explosion right on top of my accommodation home. But despite being shaken and a little dazed, no one in our accommodation cell was injured. Despite the fact that none of us had our body armor on or our helmets on, despite the fact that other rockets landed around where we were sleeping, we were protected while we were sleeping because of the protective armor that surrounded our accommodation. Don't for a moment leave your heart and your mind unprotected. As you go to sleep, as you walk into that meeting, as you come into this school, as you get into your bus or your car, whatever it is, Commit that time into God's protective hands. Let's come to our third point for this morning. We'll wrap it up with this point. Fight like a victor, not a victim. Fight like a victor, not a victim. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The outcome is already determined. Those in Christ 
are not condemned. You are no longer tied to the sin which was dragging you into hell. The verdict has been delivered. Christ has set you free. Not only are you free from the death grip of sin, the power of Christ now works in you to wage war against sin. The power of God, the power of Christ works in you to fight the very sin that is screaming out to you, that is attempting to drag you back again. Grab hold of this truth this morning. If you have placed your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you are united with Christ in the battle against sin. United with Christ in the battle against sin and that power, the power of God is working through you. You are a victor, not a victim. Fight like it. Have a look at Colossians 2, verses 13 to 15 with me, and we're almost done. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And you, being dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, we talked about principalities and powers a little while ago, that's who we're fighting against, and having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a show of them, openly triumphing over them. The outcome is secure. Christ has conquered sin and death. Fight like a victor, not a victim. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 52 to 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 to 58. And just listen to these words. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord 
Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is in, not in vain in the Lord. Be steadfast. Stand and fight. The victory has already been won. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Friends, have the heart of a child and grow in the likeness of Christ as an adopted child of the King. Desire the sincere milk of the Word. Have the heart of a foreigner. You are accepted by God. You are a citizen of God's kingdom. You are accepted. The heart of a warrior. There is a war for your heart and your mind, and we must fight. And we fight knowing that the victory is secure in Christ. Let me remind you of that verse we just read in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 15 and 57, 58. As we close, but God be thanked which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Stand to fight. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stand and fight. Gracious Heavenly Father. Father, so often we are distracted. We're discouraged. Disappointed. Because we fail. Because we see the sin, we see the, the, the frailties, the mistakes, the inabilities within ourselves we were trusting ourselves to get us through it. But Father, we know from your word that our power to resist, to fight sin must come from you. And Father, you provide that to us. You provide us with the armor to protect our hearts and our minds. But Father, we must stand and fight. So, Father, this morning my prayer is that we would do that. We would not be complacent. We would stand and fight. And as we, as a body of believers, individually stand and fight, that we would support each other in that fight, that we wouldn't be fighting each other, contending with each other, battling with each other, but we would be fighting together for your glory, for your honor. Father, you are good. We love you. In your name, amen. Church, have a good week. Stand and fight. Thank you for listening to this message. We would love to have you join us for service if you are in the area. If you need help with transportation, 
please give us a call on 709-1000. Again, it's 709-1000.